Hello and welcome to the Marketing Mind podcast brought to you by Marketing Magazine and our friends at Something Else. I'm Rachel Barnes and in this fourth episode of the Marketing Mind podcast, we're feeling a bit festive. Uh, if, you, if you hadn't guessed, that means we're going to be talking about Christmas ads and uh, really looking at whether Christmas 2015 is a high point for our uh, creative industries or is it, uh, is it a year of mediocrity? We'll get to the bottom of that. So we have a great panel with us today of uh, extra creative guests who are oozing creativity from their pores. We have Emma Delafosse, Chief Creative Officer at Ogilvy One, Nils Leonard, Chairman and Chief Creative Officer at Grey London, and Chris Clark, Chief Creative Officer at Digitas LBI. Hello to you all. Hello. Hello. If we could just start off by going around the table quite quickly, and if you could each say what your favourite Christmas ad of all time is and why. Go on, Chris. Well, I've always been a fan of the DFS sofa ads. Uh, they come around every Christmas. There's always a special <laughs> offer in there. Um, but uh, I suppose you probably want a better answer than that, don't you? I quite like the um, Iron Brew take on Snowman from 2007. Because nice. it was funny. Yeah, that's a good reason. Nils? Mine was the Sainsbury's ad from a couple of years ago, actually. I should sort of hark back to some childhood memory, but I'm not going to. The Christmas in a Day thing I thought they did was, was really, really that good. That was a classic. Uh, absolutely sort of broke me. There was a couple and I went, oh, that's interesting because of the shape. And I was a bit like being an advertising person. And then I saw that one where the guy from the armed forces came back in the room and then just wept my heart out and uh, sort of felt like they'd pulled one on me. So I felt like that was that was a brilliant bit of work, actually. Yeah, Emma? Not so long ago, actually. So... Uh the John Lewis ad called The Longest Wait, where you think the little boy can't wait to get his presents, yeah. but actually he can't wait to give a present. I thought, I, I love a twist. Yeah. And that for me was a great, Do you know great twist. I was going to say my favourite, and it is that one as well. Yeah. It feels so predictable to be saying John Lewis. Yeah, but I am quite predictable. But, so. uh, but I think there's that ad in particular, it's just beautiful and just yeah. the, just really, just the nuance that John Lewis rules at their best when they're, Sort of, you know, when they're kind of really working an insight or spotting a little, you know, behavioural, human behavioural yeah. truth, I suppose. Yeah. And I thought that was a lovely thing because anybody who's got kids knows that actually kids love giving presents just as much as they love getting them. Yeah. So I, th- I thought that was great. Yeah. So that brought a tear to my oh, eye, that one. Lovely. Yeah. So, well, Christmas 2015. So do you think we're reaching a, um, a tipping point when it comes to the great big Christmas ads, that... is this the end of cry and yeah. buy? I mean, <laughs> is, it, is it really just sort of industry chatter God, that's kind so. of reaching <laughs> the end, or, but, or do consumers still lap it up? Oh, they obviously lap it up. I mean, I don't think they think about it as much as we do. But uh, I suppose most of us in the industry, and you've seen this in all the blogs and comments, we're all wondering what that old guy did to be sent to the moon like that. Why did they give him a telescope? telescope? um, So either says something really bad about him or something really bad about us, which I don't think is very Christmassy, but um, obviously a lot of people. Mm. I've got to to get this out. First of all, absolute... Props to John Lewis for starting, frankly, the Christmas tradition in our game. I don't think before they did that, we, you know, we talk about it now, it's our Super Bowl, isn't it? It's yeah. our yeah. sort of campfire moment. Everyone looks at it and goes, oh, rubs their hands together. Um, but I do think there is a chat, even I think in the real world, actually, even outside of our bubble now around the, the sort of rules that we've established there. And I think people do 
want difference and to be surprised and moved yeah. at this time of year. So I would debate whether this year is a vintage year yeah. or whether it's actually... Because uh, before John Lewis, it was... I mean, obviously we still had big Christmas ads, but it was more just glitz and glam and the best celebrities. It was just sort of how much could you pile into yeah. 30 seconds, wasn't it? And now... Well, I guess John Lewis sort of created created that storytelling. They've defined a contest, haven't they? I mean, and that's a mark of someone really challenging a genre. You know, I remember that with Sony Balls for for television. Suddenly no one yeah. knew what was coming and suddenly they'd established a whole new way of advertising. I think John Lewis totally did that. You yeah. know, massive respect there. For, mm. If you can yeah. achieve that in our industry, it's huge. But again, yeah. I think there is, in our industry, but in the world, yeah. um, a thirst for, for new. And I think well, like, so it's almost like watching the same ad year after year at some point now. Yeah. I mean, it's fun when you start getting the pastiches coming in, the Audi... It is Aldi, isn't it? Who've, Aldi. Who've, oh, it's brilliant. Um, oh, I think it's fantastic. And, and, and obviously, you know, that's fantastic if you're at Adam and Eve or, or at John Lewis marketing department when people start, you know, ribbing you affectionately yeah. in that well, way. Well, on the Aldi ad, that's, that's, that's all good news. They, you know, they hadn't planned it. They, they had the telescopes in oh, because right. they've often got, know you know, that. lots of these kind of okay. Christmas gifts. And they didn't plan it until, <laughs> until they saw the advert. I know. And so I think, you know, yeah. it's great that they were able to actually pull it off so quickly. I mean, yeah, when your true. ad, though, becomes the media that others are parodying, I think that's pretty yeah. big, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's a mark of respect as well, yeah. for sure. But, Where can um, you go from there? I did see on the um, on the Facebook page of John Lewis um, that uh, somebody had posted a picture of their child crying uncontrollably because they were so upset by this poor old dude that had been sent off to the moon. <laughs> um I don't know what that means about the sort of ongoing story, the further engagement, the kind of digital element of it. And and I couldn't quite figure out whether the parent was saying, this is really bad, you've upset my child here. Or Or, whether the parent was showing off at how much they'd managed to upset their own child by showing... uh, quite sure what that's So, So, I mean, does does it matter who wins Christmas, Emma, would you say? Is it all really... Obviously, is that again, is that just sort of an industry looking in on itself and the brands looking on themselves? Surely what matters is in January, looking back at who had the, the successful sales. I don't know, you know, and I, I, when I was watching um, all the ads on YouTube, I had a look at all the comments afterwards. Mm. And I'm not sure as an industry, you know, that we are the people that talk about ads the most because there are a huge <laughs> amount of comments on YouTube and some of them are just weird to be yeah, honest yeah. and uh, there are quite a lot of comments about crying yeah. um you know this didn't make me cry enough i don't like it uh, all, all <laughs> yeah. sorts of different yeah. things um j- just i mean that the amount that people look into ads for further meaning and you know especially with these christmas ads so i don't know i'm really pleased that everybody that john lewis has you know raised the bar and that people mm. are trying to beat john lewis and coming up with their own offerings because mm. I think anything that helps, you know, create a, you know, brilliantly moving, engaging, fun, whatever piece of work, especially for TV, you know, because over the past few years, TV's always got a bit of a knocking and all let's, you know, let's do this digital thing or let's do something for social media. I think it's great, actually, to see some proper big spend, great fun, yeah. all get around the telly I TV mean, advertising. Christmas yeah, should I love be it. I love the it. time for, for big galvanising moments. So yeah. it should be the time for TV in the context of advertising. And I guess if you go back to the early days of commercial television the ads were better than what was on the telly yeah and probably at christmas this year the ads will be better than what's on the telly right they were more moving as well i mean yeah. there was that chart right have you seen that chart it was like people actually looked forward to the ads so never mind the yeah. fact that they were better than people you yeah. know actually in, the, in their conversations would say oh, i'm looking forward to the ads yeah, yeah. And that's I think that has true. Changed. so it's like true a redeeming feature right now yeah, so. yeah yeah because commercial television is so bad now that if you want to watch anything <laughs> any good you'll be watching it on netflix or amazon without ads that's very so true. if you're watching commercial television you're watching it for the commercials you 
which, yeah. <laughs> which is quite, quite interesting. It's, it's now um, commercials television. <laughs> but, you know, it's not just about emotional ads. And I think we, we've kind of identified a few themes that have emerged. So obviously storytelling, which obviously plays into John Lewis classically. Humour, which, you know, obviously a, a favourite of advertising, particularly at Christmas. Celebrity, again you know, merits and uh, it's obviously a quick way to grab headlines. And then also what we've called um, going beyond the screen and that's where some of the really clever ads, they, you know, they've really sort of tied tied in with what's happening in store or what's happening digitally, what's happening with merchandise. And not all ads do that. I think arguably storytelling is probably where we focus on when we talk about the best Christmas ads. This is a massive frustration of mine. So I'm sat going, if you've established a platform like John Lewis, and I'll just get it out, you know, I feel like the, the charity tie-in, of course, is a noble thing to do. And I love that they're pointing the attention towards something else. But, you know, a lot of these ads still start and finish in 60 or 90 seconds. Yeah. And they don't start anything else and they don't involve you in anything else. And, you know, I sort of talked a bit about Christmas in a day, but the reason I really love that campaign is because it took you somewhere else that was legitimate entertainment as well. And I kind of feel like with this platform, it's amazing that no one else has, you know, creatively thought of a different way to engage people over Christmas in that yeah. way. And I think it's frustrating. A missed opportunity, really. There's nothing really like that this year, is there? There's no kind of longer, longer well, YouTube films. They, they all say they've you all know, got a long cut. I mean, Mog's yeah. got a three thirty cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah isn't it? too damn long, right? For an yeah. ad. And, but and, you and haven't long. got the forty minute they, Sainsbury's ad. And they often yeah. invite some sort of further engagement, but there isn't really anything to engage. I mean, John Lewis mm. have taken it into store instead of a Santa's grotto. You can gaze at the heavens to so see s- potential <laughs> other old men. Like, is Roll Paris up there? I don't know. <laughs> um, but but um, it's a whole new dimension <laughs> to that thought now. But isn't the, it? the thing about the storytelling that's interesting, and it is, you know, great credit to the people who've done these great ads. But the storytelling still quite thin when you compare it to other great storytellers you know I mean I thought the bear in the hair thing for me it was like wouldn't that bear just wake up and eat the bunny rabbit because <laughs> he's really realism. cross that he's been woken up and given an alarm he doesn't want an alarm clock <laughs> you know and again with this one why is he there you know you can't get away with that normally if you're making movies or writing you know yeah. tv shows or, slightly, or a book yeah know? there's a slightly different thing which I got to which is like I feel like for the first year it's really obvious that people seem to be trying harder to fit in than to stand out. Yeah. And I feel like John Lewis, like if you said to people 10 years ago, a load of Christmas ads are going to make you cry, they'd have gone, well, I don't want that. I don't want to cry at Christmas. And now <laughs> yeah. it's like rubbing our hands together. What's going to make me yeah. weep? Make me yeah. weep. And, yeah. it, and I think that no one's moved it on since then. And I, I feel yeah. like whether it's a product or an entertainment platform or a programme or a show, yeah. Yeah. no one's moved the needle anymore. No, yeah. I mean, it, it used to be, well, certainly in recent years, there's been that feeling of, you know, clients have been asking you guys for that John Lewis moment yeah. and getting, you know, yeah. I, I presume they don't ask for it in quite the same way anymore and certainly this year it doesn't feel like there's quite as many but, yeah. you know, John Lewis-esque ads out I mean, there. It is, it is, you know, if you, if you, you could say that television in terms of serialised television content is having a golden moment and what's interesting even sitcoms uh, are, are coming back and there's some, there's some great stuff out there and it's interesting if you think back to the 90s everything was very arch everything was taking the piss everything was quite dark and snarky and the world wasn't all that scary back then. Now the world is really scary and TV is really heartwarming. It's kind of interesting that advertising is doing this kind of crying thing. When we've been watching Syrian mm. refugees marching across Europe all summer, why do we still want to cry? Shouldn't, you know, shouldn't advertising be doing more? And I think t- television and entertainment in general is moving us somewhere else. And it feels like our industry perhaps, you know, will take, you know, next year we might see people doing something a little bit more kind of uplifting. Well, I, I mean, you mentioned humour, but I don't think lately in the industry or even at Christmas we've used humour or energy enough yeah. at all. You yeah. know, I actually don't think yeah. there's been a laugh out loud properly good 
uh, yeah. series of ads for, for a yeah. long time. And I think that humour, I think we've got safer. I think humour's harder to do, right? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. To do it to well. Jerking Tears is, yeah. is not the hardest sort no. of yeah. place to get. It's a big track and it's whatever, it's a great story. I think proper humour is really, really hard. Yeah. And I feel like um, a lot of that talent as well in our industry, yeah. not just in the ads that we're seeing, has kind of gone somewhere else. So yeah. I'd love to see a load T- more. Tesco's humor. are trying, aren't they? I was going to bring that up funny. a bit later. Yeah, <laughs> you said it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that really? There's a, there's a few humorous ads out there, aren't there? Well, su- supposedly well, humorous. I've got a I've got a few to mention here. So, I mean, well, Aldi, Aldi's cut that right? That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Have you seen the Body Shop ad? They're all singing, um, all singing in the shower and kind of screeching away. Not laugh out loud, but it's sort of go jo- to the States, jolly though, ad. Right? Go to the US right now. I mean, you're yeah. seeing some of the best comedy writing in the world coming yeah. out in 15, 20 second slots. Yeah. And I just feel like, uh, you know, if we're going to play in conventional media in that in that screen format, you know, we've got a lot yeah. to learn there. What about know? Jeff Goldblum and um, the Curry's ad? How does that how does that sit with any of you? That's all right. I agree, actually. I think that um, this is when the lack of quality writing skill really shows. Mm. So, you know, sometimes if you're, you know, if you're dealing with kind of laugh out loud gags, dialogues, stuff like that, um, not having really strong writing. This, this is when it shows. Mm. You can kind of sometimes get away with it in other formats. Yeah. But if you're trying to write a really funny TV script... Yeah. 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 I mean, Little are trying, you know, edging, edging towards it in some ways as some sort of reality, light-hearted kind of thing. But yeah, it's still, like the sort of the it, school it of etiquette. It doesn't go all the way, it? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really... It takes a massively know. different bunch of people to buy that work as well. Okay, yeah. so if you're going to a client and you go into that meeting and you press play on a big track and you show them a lovely story about a young yeah. boy, what's not to like? You're going to go, yeah, mm. okay, that'll work. If you go into a room and you say, okay, I've got this comedic script, which depending yeah. on how you read it, it'll either be absolutely awful mm. or completely brilliant because yeah. it's on timing and it's on the money and it's on the casting... That's yeah. harder to buy and yeah. harder to yeah. believe in. And I think that's about clients as well trying some different stuff out. Well, what about Mulberry? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a bit risky, isn't it, with the, the, the baby Jesus handbag? Actually, I thought that was quite well written. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. They take it, it so arch. far, don't they, that yeah. it, it does get to the yeah. perhaps laugh out loud moment. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought that was pretty well done and yeah. I thought it was, uh, you know, Mulberry, very British brand, and I thought it was a very British type of humour. It's the sort of thing that I, I thought was um, spot on yeah. brand wise, and, and for the target audience, it's you know it could only be by Mulberry. Yeah. Whereas some of the other ads I watched, I started to get a bit confused about who'd done what. Yeah. I started to get a bit confused between the M and S ads and the Boots ads and the H and M ads, and mm. I had to watch. I was hang on a minute. Was that H and M? Was that Boots? Yeah. I've got a bit confused now. There's a lot of glitter flying around and people yeah. singing loudly. Um, it's quite yeah. old school, actually, isn't it? That's I guess that's going back to just the big. Let's see Christmas and, and ad. perfume ads are a whole weird dark oh world gosh. unto themselves. I mean, what that Johnny Depp one? That's what is, uh, what is going on? I love. See, I yeah. got into this industry with perfume ads. No, I did, man. I remember going to the cinema, twelve years old, about to engage in a little bit of petting, yeah. and and it would be the ad that mattered. It'd be the massive ad. It'd be like the two minute and there'd be a weird guy looking into the middle distance in a desert, and it wow. would cost a bajillion quid. I used to think that's amazing. Did and, you and imagine I'm, yourself up there, Nils? Well, yeah, for sure. And I was there like, wow, I'm going to make that. This is wild, man. And the problem <laughs> is, they're still doing that. Yeah. yeah. And it's sort of yeah. 25 years later. Now, you know, we've got a perfume brand and actually trying to move the needle on that stuff is, is really interesting because it's a game, again, that they, they created. You know, they created mm. this world where you haven't got a traditional narrative and all that stuff. And it's really lovely when you look at the mechanics of it, but it needs to move on again. And I, yeah. I think at Christmas, when you see, particularly when you see four or five of those back to back, it's just the most surreal break of your life. Yeah. Right? yeah. What are all these people doing? Climbing <laughs> velvet, staring yeah. into clouds. I am you, you are me, but who are we? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. You should probably is one, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's free if anyone just, just going back to, um, back to storytelling, I, I just want to put one, one sort of question to you. I don't know if you would agree with this. 
obviously, you know, there's a, no denying the rise of John Lewis and what that what that's done to sort of creative advertising, I guess, in the last few years. But the fact that it actually coincides with the rise of social media, you know, is it could social media almost be more kind of responsible for really creating this Christmas moment because people are just absolutely hankering after this this kind of national moment where they can all you know enjoy something or you know all cry together and it you know it happens to have been john lewis that's that's yeah i mean social media is the ultimate medium for kitsch Mm. you know it is the you know if you use milan kandera's definition of it the absolute denial of shit you know (laughs) and and in social media that that's how that's how you know it operates on on sort of righteous outrage and and on kind of consensus, yeah. so that's why humour is harder to do there because it polarises. You're going to, you know, you're likely to upset somebody. You know, the, the big kind of crying moment is something that people can generally agree on. Yeah, yeah. Frustration and, so and hate is, are so motivating. In that yeah. I mean, that <laughs> dentist who killed that lion, that guy was screwed. Yeah. Oh. He has an army yeah. of millions. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But you can't make advertising that. That's interesting. But, but, I think someone, I think uh, Paddy Power tried to, actually. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think to that point, social rally around causes or passions or frictions, mm. all that stuff, mm. you can create those in other ways. I mean, you know, I saw this great thing about Snapchat the other day where they were basically talking about the, um, the benefits of the vertical screen as opposed to the landscape one. You know, and they were calling it, in many ways, it was just like focused television, you know, for, for a very focused audience. I just think it's interesting. No one has marketed like that. Mm. We don't have to yeah. market the way we do. And I think people yeah. would still find passion points to rally around. I just, yeah. Yeah. I, just, uh, I think no your point about it. the buyer is interesting because it's, it's sort of social media plus the buyer. It's schooled to buy a certain kind of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and it becomes a very easy way of, of, of not causing too much offence in that social space. I yeah. Think. I mean, there's no denying, again, you know, what John Lewis has done socially. So we've got some stats from um, We Are Social that looked at all the biggest well, the biggest Christmas ads and um, how how many times just that, you know, the hashtag mentions in the three days after each one was released. And John Lewis, 137,000. Sainsbury's second, 8,000. I mean... Okay. But they're getting their heads around it. So today, uh, this, this year, which someone mentioned to me, which I thought was really interesting, they launched that ad at six in the morning this year. Yeah. As opposed to six at night. Okay, and they did that ah. so they got a full day's press. They did that so they got the morning news. They did that so they got the middle day. Yeah. And, they, and they reached all the national press and all the newspapers. Yeah. They're gearing fame into it. And that's the game. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, there were mechanics to it. So let's not be surprised when suddenly that thing's yeah. getting traction because people are waiting for it. Yeah. I knew yeah. people who shared that before they'd even watched it. Right? Do you know that's what, actually, it, yeah. it ended up breaking, I think, at midnight. So they even brought it wow. forward, you know, an extra yeah. six hours. So everyone had the stories ready. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, so I mean, and I respect you. I mean, that's the game, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think storytelling is it's a word we kind of use endlessly, don't we, I guess, in in this industry. And one of the things I get, you know, obviously it plays to what we're talking about with, um, you know, drawing out a tear from the viewer. But moral storytelling, you know, is that actually, is that sort of at the centre of successful storytelling? So this year, you know, we've had This Girl Can. Uh, we also had Airbnb's Is Mankind. I mean, is that what is that what brands and agencies ought to be looking to? Should they be looking for their moral message at the centre of their storytelling? Moral, but I think that there's nothing wrong with having a purpose and knowing what you're here for. You know, I think it, it can, when done badly, that's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> but when 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 done properly and committed to over time, I think it's powerful. I think, with, you know, regardless of media, right, great stories are, you know, when you go to a film and you go, oh, what's that film about? Well, it's about this guy and he grows up in a desert on a planet and whatever. It's Star Wars, it's not. It's about a father and his son. You know, or you go to the premise of a great movie, the premise of any great story, and you can boil it down. It's always the same human truths. And I think it's finding new ways to articulate those. That's a genius. Um, you know, House of Cards, really, what's that about? It's not about a politician at all. 
you know, it's a relationship of, with, with power between this man and his wife and, and all that stuff. That's my interpretation. But ultimately, they go back to human truths. Mm. And I think new ways to articulate those is what great storytelling is about. And if it doesn't touch you morally or dance around on a friction that you have, mm. uh, then it's probably not a great story. Yeah. Emma, do you find that that's what a client's asking for that? They're asking for that, I guess, deep emotional connection. They're asking for engagement. Mm-hmm. And in, in and so, yeah, that 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 is obviously a way to make sure that your audience is engaged there are different levels of doing it though and i find heavy-handed morality yeah. in storytelling particularly when it's done by you know clients sometimes a little bit <laughs> uh risable but um I, I i actually love enjoying advertising um i just i love the way that I, I i love to just really get into it i love the craft i love the writing i love the ideas i love the twists mm. um if there's a moral in there as well then you know maybe it's going to you know, sort of last with me a little bit longer but i think that that, that, that for me actually we, we sometimes forget that you know people you know what you love you engage with and that that is going to stay with you so yes if you want to weave a moral tale in there as well do it all by all means especially at christmas yeah absolutely but just but just kind of you Mm. know just a little bit be careful how heavy-handed you are with it and like a purpose or a moral shouldn't just be for christmas right yeah and i think that's the thing is it looks a bit thin and a bit you know ragged and dodgy if you're just you know shoehorning it in i think you know advertising should be a a moment in time that can be you know fun and explosive it's a firework right and if that connects with other stuff that you're doing and that you're committed to over time it's even stronger right if it ladders up back to something that's intrinsic in the product the brand brilliant i've got a point for you on that as well which is i I think i hope we're not using the word storytelling and meaning tv ads because i think to your point about purpose there's a load of other ways to reach people and explain the narrative of a brand or its or its meaning in the world you know i look at uh, ages old. I don't know why I thought of it, but the Gatorade replay. Do you guys remember? Oh, that? I love that. Well, that was a, yeah. they staged a sort of high school game of all these guys that went away and made this game. And now that was a thing, right? A moment that they documented, but it said more about what that brand believed in and the human spirit, and that none of us really ever want to give up, and that we all have that than any ad ever could have, yeah. you know. And I kind of, um, I guess that's what I think is missing a bit this Christmas, yeah. which is there are other ways to perhaps more powerfully get that. And also, what was also brilliant about that is that most of the people that drink Gatorade are not superstar sports heroes, but <laughs> out, out of shape guys, you know. Well, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was rematch, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah it was uh, get, yeah. getting the, the, the grudge match That's replayed yeah. so that uh, yeah. everybody who was still harping later, on about it, yeah, yeah, could could have another go at beating their rival well, team. I mean, why do you think we are lacking that hate. this Christmas? That's not used enough at Christmas. Yeah. 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 To revenge, yeah. frustration yeah. and hate. Yeah. Yeah. So motivate. Why aren't we seeing as much hate this Christmas? Christmas. Well, well, I don't know, but you might be seeing it next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you, you mentioned earlier like M&S and Boots a bit, a little bit interchangeable. I mean, they've been known for their, you know, their sort of slightly more emotional storytelling ads at Christmas. And both of them have gone for, um, you know, a sort of glitzy, big song. Um, you know, obviously a beautifully, beautifully created ad, but God. doesn't really, if you ask someone in the street, I'm not sure I'm they... i crush on M&S, OK? So I worked on uh, the original relaunch way back at Rainey's. Um, when they came in and, and, you know, remember just just all of the stuff that happened around that. And um, I, I'm really frustrated for them because I do think they have something special as a, as a retailer. I think if they disappeared tomorrow, we'd miss them in, in the world. And I kind of feel like they've they have lost that personality in their advertising and they've become a glitter or a sparkle. And they're, they they have to stand for more than that. And they do. But well, it in comes that, back to um, not knowing what, who their customer is is their yeah. big problem, I think. And, in that um, social media research that. that I mentioned from Real Social... Poor old M&S got 213 hashtag mentions. 
silence at that point. Never kick a man when he's down. I know. And it's you know it's perfectly fine ad, isn't it? But. It just feels it's like it's a competition right? this yeah. year. Oh. Well, it feels like it's competition every year, doesn't it? But For sure. If we remember that M&S came up with uh, that um, just beautiful, so not a format, but just a little way of showcasing um, their food and recipes, you know, with a fantastic sort of silky voiceover. I know it wasn't Nigella Lawson who did it. It was a whole range of different voiceover artists. And that was very different for its time. And they captured that. Only M&S could have done that. Only well, M&S could have made that. Remember, but it hasn't moved on a lot. 100%. But I mean, I remember back in the day as well, like yeah. no one was using, and I know it sounds absolutely balmy, but five women, different ages, different sorts of personality, very clearly. No one was doing that, OK? Yeah. No one. OK, yep. we were all making these weird ads, fake parties, whatever. No one did that. You know, it was really revolutionary. And it said, you're absolutely, to your point about the audience, it said, this is for you. Your yeah. MS was about, no, this is for you. Don't yeah. think it's for someone else. It's not for yeah. someone else. So opinionated and so proud at that yeah. time. Yeah. You know, very British in a really good yeah. way. And it stood out. Oh, God, yeah. completely lost that. So I'm really frustrated for them. And also, given, if you're looking at the rest of the category and you're looking at John Lewis and you're saying, I know what they're going to do year after year, well, that tells you what you need to do to stand out. Yeah. Quite. You know, it shows you the ground you need to, to, to occupy to stand out. And that's why I'm most frustrated. I don't yeah. think it's hard. Do you think it's because M&S have kind of lost sight of who their target audience is? Because, I mean, I think that John Lewis absolutely know who their target yes. audience is. Yeah, I think the crisis... I mean, I think now, more than any other time, if you think about what, you know, sort of a more integrated and sort of digitally enabled world does for brands, is that the product and the promise and the, you know, the proof it has to all be tied up in the same thing. You can't just do a good act. You can't polish a turd, right, anymore. You can't... <laughs> You can barely roll it in glitter anymore, right? <laughs> you know, and so, so you need to, you, you know, you need those things need to come together. And I think with John Lewis, the store experience and the yeah. audience that they're talking to, yeah. and that emotional mm. kind of framework, all works together up. in some yeah. way. Yeah. I use John Lewis as an emotional crutch, really. Whenever I'm feeling miserable, <laughs> yeah. I just don't hang out in the haberdashery department because yeah, exactly. all the ladies in there are about sort of like just nearing sixty, and they've all got blue rinses, and it's really comfy. And they've yeah. got people yeah. knit. <laughs> but what about celebrities then? Because I mean. M&S was a classic for, you know, wheeling out, uh, you know, some great celebrities in past ads and it's, it's, it's not got any this year. There are some ads that have, have gone big on celebrities. Burberry is a massive celeb fest um, with all sorts in there. You know, James Corden's in there for some reason. It's, it's a bit confusing. Um, you've got H&M, Katy Perry, on the, you know, pulling out all the stops there with a big sort of showcase. Um, Tesco we've mentioned already but you know we've got we've got two sort of really strong British comedians in there they're not the ones necessarily telling the funnies which is a bit a bit odd but and then you've got you know you've got Debenhams as well with lots of lots of famous people doing voiceovers I don't know what what's your view on celebrities it's it's obviously it's easy to say that it's just a shortcut to to a bit of fame but does it kind of hold a place in that Christmas celebration of a brand seems to work yeah I mean, right, I, celebs. I mean, I think Burberry have got a slight tradition. I might be eulogising them. I love what they do. And I think that in their in their game, there is a little bit of humour to their stuff, even that premium print, you know. And mm. I think that it feels a bit when Burberry use celebs, a little bit like they're friends of the brand, right? Or yeah. they would certainly walk down the road and kind of wear it and it'd be all right. I think when you get into to sort of other uses, I do sort of roll my eyes a bit more. I think Tesco is a missed opportunity for sure. Yeah. I mean, the irreverent space they could have occupied being who they are and the people they used, I think those scripts should have taken the gloves off for sure. Um, you know, But I think celebrity is great when it's used right. It's surprising and different and can make a massive statement. You know, mm. And obviously the channel's in their own right. Everyone talks about that. Why do you think more brands haven't gone for it this year then? Because Morrison's have dropped Ant and Deck. 
for Christmas at least. I'm not, I'm not sure about beyond. Even Heston is only really briefly in the Waitrose ad, the, the one I've seen anyway. I wonder if there's some questions around the role of celeb as well. I mean, I think it's interesting, Heston and Waitrose, they didn't get it right, did they? But, you know, will I am taking the head of innovation role at Samsung or wherever he did. <laughs> it's hilarious because I think people now see through marketing a lot. So what you can't do now is have a celeb dancing through your ad yeah. without sort of knowingly nodding at the audience. I've just got to bring do... in here the Woolworths ads of the 80s because I've yeah. seen some classic right. retro ads. Yeah. Like Jim Davidson yeah. and oh. Jimmy Tarp. God, God knows who. It's just hilarious. <laughs> that would be safe on social. <laughs> <laughs> I used, to, I used to love the Woolworths ads when I was a kid. I mean, that yeah. was a real, that, that was the marker that Christmas had begun. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure there was really any huge idea behind having all those celebrities mm. in the ads, but it was just brilliant. Scale. Yeah, it was scale, absolutely. It's just seeing all those celebrities and it was, in, and they held in one ad in one place at the same time. <laughs> it was the product is champion, wasn't it? So yeah. the things they held up were probably the things that sold that, out that Christmas. Probably, yeah, and they were all singing and I don't know. I mean, it's they 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 are very, you know, they're very clear in my mind. But the best work with celebs, I think, either sends them right up and yeah. you laugh out loud or you share something. For a brief moment, right, you and that celeb can share something and that's when it's you get it really right, which is they're in that ad doing that thing and for a brief second we both sort of feel the same and you kind of believe it for yeah. a split second. That's when it really, really works. When it doesn't, it's when it's just crass and there's yeah. someone winking at you on screen and you're kind of just... Yeah. You know, and that's, I, I, I guess for the big luxury brands as well because, of, you know, their eyes on Asia as well where the KOL is the king, you know, the key opinion leader and it is everything celebrity driven um, and I guess where Burberry play it quite deftly is that they manage to do it, in, you know, they'll do a cut of that with, with country specific celebrities yeah. that will work and then stuff that's a bit more knowing over here you know? yeah, I'll tell you what I was disappointed by was Katy Perry actually for H&M, they've used celebrity brilliantly in the past I mean there's one of my favourite yeah. bits of work from them was a Karl Lagerfeld thing, do you remember that? Black yeah. and white where he's in the thing, yeah. he's just released his collection and someone yelled, Carl is it true? <laughs> uh, I just remember the way he yelled yeah. it I kind of yell it out in the pub and so I don't know why but, but that was fantastic, yeah. send him up but also appropriate, played Carl as himself, not as this weird character lost yeah. in a and I think Katy just it felt very it safe. Work. I mean the Beckham one that yeah. they did earlier this year yeah. in the autumn was brilliant i mean yeah. probably one of the few long ads that a lot of people watched all the way through somehow yeah i mean it's sort of boring in a way but kind of i don't know <laughs> you just kind of went with it and yeah. watched watched it <laughs> it just worked and, and and i think that and, and again it was like it brought the product in in a really good way and given that that it's sort of what we're here to do mm. but i always like it when they manage to get that bit right so uh, just before we wrap up um i'm just going to go around the table once again and uh, ask you to uh Name your favourite ad of Christmas uh, 2015, but also to give your verdict on Christmas advertising overall. So, you know, mark out of 10. So, uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Uh, I'll give it a five. I think we've reached peak cry. Um, and, and, I, and I think this will be a weepy watershed before we move, hopefully, into something um, uh, you know, a, a little bit you know, braver next year. Um, I, 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 I like the Aldi one for spoofing John Lewis um, and, you know, that wouldn't exist without John Lewis, I suppose. Um, so in, in a way, that those two things feed off each other for me. Nils? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a three. I'm frustrated by it. <gasps> no, I am, man. I mean, Christmas will survive there, guys. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm frustrated. You know, I, again, I want stuff that's a different shape. I want people to take more chances. Pointing at a charity is not using the weight of that attention for me in, in a powerful enough way. I just don't, I don't, I don't think that... Uh, that was enough. And I, I just really want to see, uh, yeah, I want people to take the gloves off, you know, humour, irreverence, energy um, and a different shape of work. So I'm kind of frustrated. I don't really have a favourite piece. I can mm. applaud Sainsbury's for taking an entertainment property and trying to do something with it. But ultimately, did it land as good as a story as the original Mogs? No. 
you know, Christmas in a Day again was the closest thing for me. It's a couple of years old. That's what I'm yeah. living on, guys. Wow, nothing for 2015. <laughs> Sorry. Gosh. Emma? Um... I think I've probably seen about sort of out of the ten or so ads that I've seen for Christmas. I I I, I like sort of two, two or three of them. I, mm-hmm. I do like Mog. I like the three thirty cut. But funnily enough, I first of all saw on Facebook, not on television. And actually, some people have criticised it for not being particularly representative of the Sainsburys as a brand. But I don't know. I got, as I said earlier, I got quite confused about who'd done some of the other ads. But yeah. I do remember that Mog was by Sainsbury's. So hey, yeah, well, um, that's a start. Yeah, well, exactly. It's a good start. So I also very much enjoyed the Mulberry ad. Uh, I thought I, I, I yeah. love the, the cheek of it, the humour of it. So yeah, and I, I I didn't mind the legal Christmas school actually. I thought it was you know gentle and mildly enjoyable. You know, yeah. um, and your mark out of ten for twenty fifteen. Uh, I'd probably go for about four, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, Gosh. just because there's a lot of samey, sameness. There's just too much glitter flying about. <laughs> yeah, there's some low scores there. I think, I think yeah. I'd think i go in on a six, but, you know, I'll default to you guys as the experts here, but, you know, I'm feeling quite festive. Well, I so probably would have gone lower than five if I'd been third as well, because, yeah. you know, I'd have felt, my God, have I been yeah. over-generous here? And Emma, I think we're, we're on the same sort of wavelength here, because probably Sainsbury's is my favourite ad. Uh, Aldi is Aldi's pretty pretty funny actually but so I just it's just lovely ad isn't it Sainsbury's it's, it does evoke that Christmassy feel and you know I love a cat so I you do know. love Mog yeah. and they've done that cat really well actually some CGI animals can look really creepy and that's yeah. a cute cat but so. you know at least with the Aldi one they're puncturing this cry and buy thing so maybe it's it's pointing towards next year I'm going to find year. a dentist at Christmas who's killed an animal <laughs> yeah, exactly. and we're going to go after him guys <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that the new hate theme for next put, year that's, that's right hate. I'm going to put tinsel on hate <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Well, you've been listening to me, Rachel Barnes, and our special guests, Emma Delafoss, Nils Leonard and Chris Clark. Thank you so much, all of you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, a special thanks to our producer, Nan Davis, podcast editor, Shona Ghosh, and to our host, Something Else. Uh, Merry Christmas to all our listeners. Terrible, terrible. Sorry about that. Um, Our next podcast is out in January and we'll be looking at uh, the trends of 2016. You can join in the conversation on Twitter following our hashtag MarketingMind or tweeting at MarketingUK. You can also find out more on our website, marketingmagazine.co.uk forward slash podcast. You've been listening to The Marketing Mind. 